And on the men's side, obviously Wayne Rooney. Come on, come on, come on. That's right. Um, Take kids, Vincent Company, and throw them at you. <laughs> this is Match Week. You are joined by myself, Artie Amini. We discuss everything soccer from the highs and the lows in the sporting week to the news that is relevant to you. You are listening to Top of the Hour on WMC Upper Montclair, and this is Match Week. Now, today I am joined by three wonderful women who are part of our MSU women's soccer team. Now, if you don't mind, one at a time, introduce yourselves. Don't be so fast. I know you guys are really quick to <laughs> introducing yourselves here, so let's go one at a time. I'm Emmy DiNovellis, and I'm a sophomore. I'm Kylan Kramer, and I'm a graduate student. I'm Jesse DeSarno, and I'm a senior. Nice, nice. Now, if you don't mind just sort of explaining your positions, because obviously, of course, the three I can get today are all defenders. Uh, two of you, I think, sort of flirt with the wing back position more than being an actual like fullback, whereas we have our base of the defense over here, just like locking it down, you know, progressing the ball forward. What can we describe for each of our positions? Um, I'm a wing back, um, so I like to attack, but also defend and help not allow any goals for a defensive line. Um, so I've primarily played center back in my t- entire career, and this year I've played a little bit of CDM, which has been fun. So I'm moving up the field a little bit and also just locking it down back there. So. Love the defenders. <laughs> <laughs> and I play outside back. I play more of like a defensive type of game, um, kind of chasing people down 1v1s, locking down the outside, not letting people cut inside, um, while also attacking forward uh, with our wingers up top. Well, yeah, because I was about to say, because every time I've seen you grow, like you women play a lot, it's up, it's weird because it's sort of like you're playing a 3 5 2, but you're not playing a 3 5 2 because you have, because you have the three in the back. Most of the time, it's you two mixed in with someone else. And it's sort of like you guys like ever evolve around each other. It's like a covering system where one will push up, one will track back, one will work with the other. And there's constant flow of communication. And, of course, it's led to some success, obviously. You girls, have you've done spectacular, just to say the least. Well, only one loss in the regular season, which is unheard of in recent years. I mean, what, what more can you really say about this? Um, I would say with our formation, it's like, Communication is so important. With different positions on the field, you're partnered up with somebody else. You're always communicating. Someone either is out wide and you're tucked inside. It's kind of just like a whole revolving thing. Everyone's talking to everyone, making sure like people are checking in, people are checking out. Um, yeah, we're like very creative this year with everything that we do. So the creativity and like the versatility that everyone on our team has um, has led to like a lot of success. Yeah, and I think um, with our, we technically play a four back, but like you said, we're very fluid. So knowing the personnel on our team, especially in the back line, we're able to kind of like play off each other's strengths and weaknesses. Like Emmy said, she's someone that likes to attack. So knowing that, we know when we need to cover, when we need to step. Jesse wins the ball like no other, so we know we're pretty safe on that front when she's outside there. And just like working with the midfielders in the offense, I think we really gel as a group like throughout the field. So it's 
pretty easy. Well, with this formation, I know obviously we have a grad student here and we also have a senior. And how long have you guys exactly been on the roster for MSU? Because if, if you've been with them for some time, you would notice sort of the evolution of how the team's been building, how it's been played to where now sort of towards the modern game. Um, I, by the way, on the show, I call it football. I don't call it soccer. It's a mix. It depends. If you're used to it, it's fine. But I like to like be like that guy because we are like a global show here. Um, so what? Where, where do we see this evolution starting from of like your modern formation now, your positions that you obviously have been involved with? Um, I guess just speaking as the oldest person on the team, I've been here for five years and I've been hurt the past two years. But in the five years that I've been here, we've played pretty much every formation you could think of. And we would normally typically switch a lot of the time depending on who we were facing um, because we haven't been as talented with such a strong identity on the field than we have this year. And I think that's the biggest thing. And we're so comfortable in our like identity as a group and how we play that we don't need to switch things up. And we've really just like, it's been so cohesive and strong, I think this season. Yeah, I would say this year compared to recent years, because I've been on the team for the past four years and played every season, um, that we're more confident in ourselves on the field and our game plan instead of switching it up to tend to the other team we're playing's style. So basically, we know that we're forced to be reckoned with and we're not going to change anything because of what the other team is doing on the field. Well, exactly. You guys control the tempo, you control the game, because a lot of times in college ball you'll see how it's more so a reactive and then a proactive approach a lot of times a a lot of teams will allow the other to sort of decide the game and how it goes whereas um this team now and especially this season you're more so a more progressive side you step to the ball you basically control how you want the game to go instead of letting the other team control you is that a correct thing to say I think this year specifically, we focused a lot on the relationships. So we all defend together, and I think that has been a lot of the success this year. We don't just press as one, we press as a team, and we communicate very well together. So when our outside forward goes, the outside back goes with them, because that relationship is so important. And same with the attacking midfield and the center forward, too. When the center forward goes, the attacking mid steps up with them. So I think that's why we've been so successful this year. Yeah, and like Emmy's saying, we're big on communication, so if you're there watching our games, it'll be silent, 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 everyone's shifting, and then right when there's a mistake, we're screaming to press, screaming to go, and everybody crowds in there as a team, we don't let them out, and we get the ball in that transition and then go right to goal. Exactly, exactly. Now, there's obviously a person on the team that everyone's raving about. They're on the, new, they're on the college sports news nonstop. Freshman striker, if I'm not mistaken, correct? It's a Aileen Kale. I don't want to mispronounce it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Roast me all you can. Um, what do we think of... Wait, wait, wait. Okay, guys, hold on. I know that I messed up. Yes, I apologize. Please do not roast me too bad. I will be corrected later in this audio clip. I apologize. But also, you know, Aileen and Kylie, where are you at? You could have been there to correct me and say, hey, I'm wrong from the get-go. Or maybe I would have prepped a bit better if you two were there. But, you know, the defenders came out. We know who really cares. <laughs> All jokes aside, back to the audio. Really, really sorry. I'm sorry. Of her performance alone because, me- meanwhile, she's breaking records in overall. She's doing numbers in conference. Like, what are we thinking right now? Cahill has to be one of the most technical players I've ever played with. She's very shifty and unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And I think... That's 
her success, not only on the ball, but off the ball as well. Her movement and her work ethic is super crucial to our success. Mm -hmm. And she's the playmaker. She's the person to watch, not only in our conference, but in the NCAA Mm -hmm. Division Three plays. And she's just super talented. And I think her like work ethic and determination and how humble she is just shows on the field for itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's actually a junior, but she had, I mean, in the past. Wait a second, correct me if I'm wrong. Obviously, I'm, I'm reading off the website and sometimes they miscorrect stuff. So obviously, I appreciate the correction. Of, Thank you. Kylie Prentice. Yes, yes, yes. I was thinking of Kylie. I am so sorry. Yeah. We'll talk about lean and then. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're both incredible and yeah. have yeah. very like, uh, similar mm-hmm. stats. So I'm, I'm a schmuck. I apologize. <laughs> it's okay. No, like she, I mean, Aileen has been a force to be reckoned with since the moment that she got here. And obviously, it hasn't been as noticed because of our team's, like, not lack of success, but obviously, this has been the most successful season that we've had in years. So, well, would you say this is the most creative your team has been? Because the times I've watched. I mean, you guys do have the wing backs, but a lot of the time it's your creativity from with as well allows you to do more in the middle because there's a lot more of distraction out there. Like teams try to force you wide, not realizing when they do that, they're creating pockets of space for you guys to fill in the middle and to cause problems. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just as you said, like this has been the most creative team that we've had in so long that with her up there and the people surrounding her, like it only enhances her game that much more. She was able to be this technical all along and has been, but now that everyone around her is also, you know, creative and looking for different runs and good on the ball, that it's just, it, I love <laughs> watching them up there. My, my question is, do you think that it's because of the players this is happening or is this because of the coach? Do you think he's sort of like unlocked another tool in your guys' toolkit that you never had before? Or is it something that like a realization just hit on you guys? So I would say from being here for the past four years, mm-hmm. every single year, the team has gotten closer. Everyone's gotten a little bit better. Coaching staff has gotten better. We've communicated better with each other that now we're reaching that point where because of what has happened the past three years, the experience that we have, because this year we have a lot of returners, but also a big amount of new players. Mm-hmm. So I would say that the coaching this year and the coaching style that uh, – Coach Pat is kind of giving to us is a lot different than anything we've had in years past. I think mm-hmm. he realized that, especially this year, our attacking players like Kylie Prendergast, Aileen Cahill, mm-hmm. Kimberly Campbell, Lauren Ernst, they are so technical and great going 1v1 that he kind of switched everything up to play to our strengths instead of going with um, the norm of like how soccer is. So, what you're basically trying to say is that instead of him trying to force a style of play that he prefers, it's more so a common agreement of him trying to do something that is more adaptive to the players. Because a lot of times, you'll see at numerous different colleges, like against Willie P the other day, you noticed that a lot of the players were just like off like a little bit because it seemed like they were being horseshoe into something that didn't work for them rather than it being a more adaptive system. Yeah. I, I think that's exactly it. I think that he's like, oh, sorry. No, you're, it's just like, like I'm waiting for like maybe like a. Not, I'm not expecting like a like a grandiose response, but just like yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> um, I was just trying to ga- gather my thoughts, I guess. But I think that just as Jesse said, he has you know allowed us to do what we are best at, and I think that's like what any successful coach should kind of you know strive strive to be. You don't want to force anything on your players, and. It, 
restrict them to playing a certain way if it's not going to work. And I think, I don't know if that's necessarily like how I would feel that he has been in the past, but I do think that this year it's been encouraged that we establish our own identity um, throughout preseason and, and the beginning of the season and just built upon it throughout the entirety of, you know, up until this point. So. Well, you can't really say like this team has been like a momentum team because you've obviously suffered the one loss. And most teams, when like they'll take that loss after being undefeated, you can see like a little like nick in the armor of like, ah, like everything's there, but just on to the next one, like everything back to normal. And do you think that obviously this new culture will say, um, do you think that is really what helps it move forward or is it something else that you guys might might see that I don't see? Um, I feel like with that loss against Rowan, it was just they finished and we didn't. And mm-hmm. we couldn't do anything about it. So we always say control the controllables, like control what you could control. Mm-hmm. And it's just on to the next from there. We just try to go 1-0 and with every game that we do. We don't try to determine it by our record or being undefeated before that Rowan loss. We just try to go 1-0 and every single game and just go from there. And I feel like that's why we had so much success. And along with that, like... Um, coach like Coach Pat um, focused on our strengths throughout preseason and I feel like with our strengths it's just running at people taking people 1v1 and so I feel like that has been like part of our success and like we don't let that rowing loss affect us so it's just on to the next from here and we just focus on Wednesday the mm-hmm. upcoming match also with that rowing loss um, Coach kind of said to us after the game he was like we can take this as, oh, we lost one game. We can go either way. This is fuel to the fire. We don't ever want to feel this again. It was in like a very pivotal point in the season mm-hmm. where it was it, it could make or break us. And I think that we used that game as fuel to the fire and it kind of made us even stronger. It let off some of the pressure of being undefeated to our team um, and just allowed us to play and have fun because at that point we were all very like on edge all the time everything being said about us was like oh they're undefeated like all this all that even though that was a tough loss for us and um we would love to see them again and get to change the result um i think it came at the perfect time in the season for us my question is did you a lot a lot of the the, i would say the narrative a lot of the narrative around the game was that it was sort of your game to lose do you think that's a little disrespectful to rowan or do you think that was true on your guys' behalf, like you felt you didn't perform to the absolute best that you know you could have? Um, I feel like we had Rowan in the first half, mm-hmm. but they gathered themselves and reset and they got us in the second half for sure. But I feel like that was fuel to the fire because it allowed us to beat Rutgers Newark 3 nothing, And then it allowed us to beat TCNJ, which we haven't done in eight years prior before that mm-hmm. in the regular season. So I feel like if we didn't have that loss, we wouldn't be where we are right now. And we want to see Rowan in the upcoming match. So we just hope for the best. Yeah, like one of our big mottos this year as a group is like humble but hungry. And I think ha- being undefeated going into that game was a lot of pressure for us, especially because we haven't been a team that has been undefeated in, in years um, in so many games. And I think that was the game to, to keep us humble, but also make us like extremely hungry for the rest of it. So, Lovely, lovely. Now, what is – I mean – I'm trying to think. What is your expectations, not only just like postseason, because obviously it's just win, nothing else, but maybe the rotation after, because obviously there's a lot of seniors, there's a lot of, for example, grad students like yourself. 
where do we see the team after that? Because we obviously can see winning only. That's the only site that to be seen is winning everything through on now. But like after that, after everything's been done, what is sort of the vision for the team? For like next season? Yeah, because realistically, we have a senior, grad student. We have the sophomore right here. And you have some juniors and you also have some of the other sophomores coming up who are going to be rotating in. Where, do you guys think there's a solid enough base after some of them leave? I am. I'm obviously leaving, but I am extremely excited to see um, how this team does because there's not one person on the team that isn't like very good. And we have such a deep bench, and we've seen that. Like we've taken injuries, we've we've we sub people in the games. Like we have a deep bench, and the freshmen are phenomenal. The sophomores have always been great, and obviously the juniors are awesome too. So I I'm very excited to watch. What comes next personally also we are known for being a young team we have 17 underclassmen mm-hmm. for a reason and i feel like with the 11 freshmen that came in a lot of them have had a big impact on this team and they mm-hmm. changed the culture and that's why we're doing so good this year so i feel like in next years we're gonna be just as good Wait, as we I, are. I had to ask because like there's like obviously it's narrative right and the mm-hmm. whole point is to control the narrative because it's sort of like you guys haven't had the voice to give out because there's obviously like Red Hawk Sports Network, they do some of the coverage, but yet there's not as much as I would say like article writing or there isn't enough just sort of one-on-ones of just it, talking with you guys and sort of asking the questions. So it's sort of like trying to give yourself the opportunity to control the narrative. Like, hey, this is what we know. This is how we're going to do it. And there's no need to question us in a way. Um, but another thing, I have a question for you, I mean. What is it with you in conference? Because you have one goal and one assist in conference, but like regular season only an assist. Do you think like conference like you like to turn up, or is it just <laughs> is it just like oh you know what today I'll walk it? Why not? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't really f- focus that much on my stats. Like last year, like I did have like six assists, but like with this year, like I just like focus on kind of just like being a playmaker, mm-hmm. I guess, and just like. Because that's why we have Kylie up top. We have Kim Campbell up top. We have Aileen Cahill, like, who are scoring, like, goals, like, game-winning goals. And I don't know. I just, like, can't really dribble up the field, like, every single time, like, on my own. Yeah, you, you can't get caught out. Yeah, yeah so, like, yeah. I can't make that run every time because I'm gassed. So I'd just rather <laughs> pass it. I, I do have to say the the ball progression from the defense alone is really impressive yeah. from what I've seen. Because... Obviously, when we talk about at the pros, there's the, all the statistics like, oh, ball progression, deep lying numbers and stuff. But from just the eye test that you can see, there's obviously a – trying to think of the right word. There's like a built-in vision within each of the defenders to like find the right pockets of space. Get Here's the thing. Play it safe and then find the pocket. That's sort of the way because obviously you're not going to try to play through the back with three people on you running for that ball, right? So you either got to clear it or play it safe. But when you have that space and you have the opportunity, you're looking – and you sort of have the ability to find the right pass. Do you think that that's something that's been worked on in the preseason, in throughout your training sessions of being able to sort of improve your footballing IQ? Or is it sort of something you think you've developed on your own? I think we're always working on developing our football IQ and making it better and better and better. Every single practice we do pass progressions. We work on um, different little skills things that we want to do that would play to our strengths. Also, like, with talking about the stats and everything, I think I know my family, when talking about, like, assists and goals, like, the assist to the assist, 
I think is so important, mm-hmm. and Emmy does that all the time. <laughs> it's not a real stat. It's, it's, it's but, chance creation. It yeah, is a stat, not a but not for stat, college. We're not nice enough to. Yeah. Like defense, I think that we we think that I think that's a stat. If I get an assist to the assist, I'm like, oh. I got so my so what you're saying is the three defenders I have here now are more important than everyone else. I got you. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> So here's the thing, just to sort of take the foot off the pedal a bit, give you guys a bit of a break about talking about Montclair soccer. The professional game, do we watch, yes or no? I do. You yeah. do? Yeah. Everyone, one at a time, tell me who you support, and I promise not to judge you as best I can. <laughs> For the Premier League or, or just, just in, in general? general. Who, who do you like to watch? Manchester United. I just letting you know you're you're talking to the number one propagandist for Manchester United, so you're all good. I, I, I'd love to hear that. I mean, okay, well, in the EPL, I like Man City. Yeah, so you see like that Man door? Uh, you can get out. <laughs> all right, you you bandwagon, you can leave. Don't worry. You're fine. Okay, well, uh, I won't get into the whole story of why I love them, but when I was little. I just went off of like jersey color because soccer was like really big in my house. <laughs> well, well, how little? Because like, like little, like as long as I can remember, I wanted the light blue team to win. I didn't even know who they were. Okay, so like you would say that was my the Columbia reason. blue. Would you say you're like <laughs> what, like around like six, seven, like what year? Because I'm trying to think of what if you're a band. I'm trying to defend like, maybe you. Maybe even no, I would say younger than that because mine's the same exact reason. And then <laughs> once I got older, maybe like ten. Joe Hart was the goalie. Okay, and okay. I had a crush Hold on, on him. a second. So <laughs> wait one second. The fact that you just said Joe Hart, I can now give you full respect. Thank you're you. okay. Thank okay. you. I, you're, the whole respect is there. You can continue. Oh, That's it, really. That's it. Really. But yeah. in the NWSL, I just like watching all the games. So yeah. I don't really like well, obviously Gotham, but do you think that there's a difference between all the different leagues now? Because obviously, like WSL has the good numbers, but we see the English uh, women's league just rising up slowly and slowly, especially with the talents that they're bringing in because a lot of American players now are even going over there. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know any? Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, well, I think that I, in the past five years, I've personally noticed such a difference in like women's soccer and women's sports in general and the visibility of women as athletes. Um, like when I was younger, there was not really like that many opportunities to play pro and the visibility wasn't there. Like as a little girl, I wasn't like, I'm gonna be a professional soccer player. That wasn't something that I like knew to be. Um, So I think it's been really cool, especially for like knowing younger girls being a coach, like babysitting, hearing them talk about like famous women's athletes in the NWSL is just, it like warms my heart. And I think with the English league, it's been pretty cool. Cause I know during COVID it was Go. It was better because there wasn't much going on here, so well, people were going there. Yeah, they, they 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 had the bubble over there too. It was it was way more available online because everyone was home. Yeah. So it was wasn't like because over here that's I think that's the biggest struggle for soccer in general is that all the people that play coach or ref they're all busy doing their own thing while everything else is going on. Mm-hmm. So then no one there's never really numbers of like oh if you look at the statistics this sport is more than like no back off bud. I would use other words, but we're on, we're on audio right now. Uh, a little bit more uh, unkind words, but no. So here's the thing I have to say, though. Uh, it is progressively better. It is. Do you think that USA, because obviously the United States was seen as number one, top dog. No one's better than them. But now we see all these other countries creeping up. Mm-hmm. And do you think it's just because it's better development of the sport or it's better development for the gender? I know it's a tough one. 
like what do you mean by that? I well, would say be, kind of because like, obviously like so in the in the United States, the number one sport that's played by all female athletes is soccer, right? That's like the head honcho, whereas in the in the male game it's completely different. It's a whole wide variety. And then overseas it was sort of a mix of other stuff, but not as crucial development. And do you think that now because there's more progression and there's more of a buildup, do you think that it's because the sport is helping expand to a wider audience, like to to the gender, or do you think that it's because the it's sort of like a I'm trying to think of the right way to say it. It's sort of that the that the gender is sort of like pushing more towards it because they're enjoying to play it more. Like that's the question I have. Like, do you think it's exposure or it's preference? I mean, I would say it's kind of a little bit of both because. I think for me personally, growing up, seeing women's soccer teams playing, seeing the women playing, seeing coverage, everything having to do with that made me want to be like them. Mm -hmm. Like seeing players like Mia Hamm, Julie Ertz, Abby Wambach, uh, Christy Rampone, all those players um, made me want to play women's soccer. And then now that I think that women's soccer is getting bigger around the entire world, that that's also what's happening with little girls and with people that are playing that they're looking up to them and they're like I want to be just like them I want to play soccer I want to get into this that it's making it um like bigger for mm -hmm. everyone so I guess for me I think it's kind of like a mix of both if that answers your question I think that there's like a lot of things that go into that question um like obviously with just like opportunities in terms of money too like back in the day you could not make a living like being a women's soccer player, you you could not, you would not live off of that. And now, like these, like Alex Morgan's on everyone's TV and every single brand deal, making millions of dollars a year. It's like wow, um, if you're good enough to like play for the women's national team, you can live off of that and make a career out of it. And I think um, make money, like even with visibility and and it being on TV more um, in terms of like the money. I won't get into the nuances of that, but like. I think that there's so many things. That's a very layered question for me personally, but yeah. So I, I think mean, we'll, be, we'll pull back. I mean, I don't, I don't know if everyone else here has got like, time, but we'll pull back the layers if you want to. Um, no, like I, yeah, I just think that there's like not only is it like inspiring to see the people on TV, but then also like let's say you are good enough to get to that level, it being something that you could do as a career and actually live off of it, um, and support a family on it. I think that also, um, you know makes the sport better for for women because now we can do it and we don't have to be like oh actually i don't want to do this as a career anymore i'm going to give up because i actually need to get a different job mm -hmm. um or scholarship to college or something like that so i think that's important to consider also with like women's sports and everything um obviously there is the athletic side of it but now women are finally given that platform to um get equal opportunity to men with when it comes to soccer, when it mm -hmm. comes to pay, when it comes to all these different things. So I think people also being able to see that, especially our women's team are using their platform for good and to make change um, is like amazing and makes people want to get involved and like be a part of that movement and help out women across the world and getting equal opportunity. Mm -hmm. I think with the equal pay, like now being like, um, on the table, like I feel like that's opened up like so many opportunities, like 
for these professional players like Kylan and Jesse said to like make a living off of it now because I remember like watching NWSL like growing up like I didn't really understand like that they had to have like another job on top of that or another job with that like three jobs like while they're playing soccer and now I feel like it's opening up like so much more opportunity for like these little girls like looking up like to these players as like role models and it's looking up to them be like oh like I want to be just like you when I grow up to make a living like off of it. And now it's like acknowledged as something that's truly like a professional sport. We know like Eli Manning, he's investing in Gotham's Mm -hmm. Gotham FC um, to have the biggest, like one of the most prominent male athletes of like in this area of all time, investing in a women's team is very important because it forces people, unfortunately, that they don't realize it on their own to like consider that female sports are important and and are truly like awesome you know so I think yeah I don't know <laughs> now uh, it's a great question I, I do appreciate the thoughts now Jesse we sort of we sort of cut you off there you didn't get to talk about your favorite team and stuff I want to sort of like pull it back a bit get, make it a little more loose and fun again because we felt like a little like tension here like money and equal pay just loosen it up a bit you know just slice the tension in the room it was just <laughs> See, with my family, I did not grow up in a soccer family. I am mm-hmm. a football, American football family. My dad's a football coach. Both my brothers played here. So I never really watched soccer growing up, but I was bandwagon blue man, Manchester, Manchester City. Okay, yeah, she's the best. So you can leave it. So <laughs> I'll admit that for when I watch. But like when it comes to like, I guess around here and everything, Gotham. It's also cool, like, when we're training sometimes, like, sometimes we can, like, see the players or if we're at different training facilities, mm-hmm. like, doing classes or stuff, we'll see, like, little, like pro people walk in and, like, get to talk to them. Like, um, so... Are you talking about the Red Bulls, too? Red Bulls, too. We get to see... Yeah, we see them sometimes. During Bulls, COVID, but during COVID, Gotham FC played here. Oh, that's um, right. I forgot mm-hmm. about that. So that was pretty cool because when we would be going to training sometimes, we would, like, overlap. And, I, I mean, I know I've... I know some of them. Other people on the team know some of them, have played with them. So it was just, like, weird kind of, you know, seeing that. And then also being able to watch, like, NWSL games from the Red Hawk parking deck was awesome. I oh, loved yeah, you just it. sit on top of, like, the rooftop, look over a bit, have a little a drink, we'll just say. You know, some water <laughs> ready to go. It was definitely a Poland Spring bottle that was in there and nothing else besides <laughs> water. Uh, just being able to enjoy the games is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, like, especially, like, those players that we do look up to playing on our field sitting mm-hmm. on the bench that we sit on mm-hmm. is crazy like we would have players like kylan and our goalie Haley martin like no people on that gotham team but then we'd have like our assistant coach nicole who's like the biggest soccer fan you yeah. will ever meet in your whole life who's like hyperventilating on the side of the field <laughs> oh because like oh kylan God. and Haley are like talking to these people like it was that was a really cool experience yeah that yeah <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, let me see how we can take this to a different route. Um, so here's the thing. So we're gonna go one player from the men's and one player from the women's game. Which one is like your favorite player to have either watched or your favorite of like all time? Now, Emmy, you're gonna go last because Maz ruined this topic for me. I was gonna ask you here, but he forced it out of you. So we're gonna make you go last. So okay. Jesse, you started off. For. Women? Or, or one one well, of, each. of one of yeah, each yeah, before yeah, the women. Yeah, yeah. I would say for me is Julie Ertst. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I model my play a lot after her. She's very like aggressive, heads the ball like maniac. Um 
always slide tackling just as like a ruthless defender that mm-hmm. I always like want to live up to play and be like her. Um, and she's just like a great human. And then for the men, I know I said I didn't come from like a yeah, yeah, of soccer yeah, family, yeah. whatever, but my cousins and uncles are Portuguese and <laughs> I am a big Cristiano Ronaldo fan. Okay, nice. So, yeah. so then Maz yeah. is definitely gonna love you. He's Portuguese as well. <laughs> um, Ronaldo is his boy, but <laughs> that's great. That's a great one. I like that. Um, I have two for the women's. Um, oh, okay. In terms of like style of play, Julie Ertz, because she is like, you can't curse on here, right? I mean, I'll do it. You, <laughs> you know what? You do what makes you feel comfortable. I'll just say she is. If you could call her a bad. That's fine. She's, yeah, <laughs> that's how you want to phrase it. You're good. No worries. No, no. She just really locks it down in the in the you know like defensive mid position, and she wins every single ball. Plays mm-hmm. so relentlessly and so gritty, and I've always like admired that about her. Um, in terms of like personality, Sydney Larue, she is just hilarious, and I love her. Everything that she says is just so funny. So I love her. Um, and then I have to go with the men's side, Vincent Company, because. Oop. You're you're earning my respect today. You pulled Joel Hart out of the back pocket, and then just from like under the table, it's like a Vincent Company. Like no one ever—that's the one guy no one talks about. And it's just like Vincent. Okay, you know what? Uh, he kudos, is kudos. So amazing. Like, not only did I love him on Man City, but also my family used to live in my parents used to live in Belgium. Oh, okay. So in the World Cup, whenever the U.S. doesn't make it because the men's aren't that good, we would root for <laughs> we would root for Belgium. It was so, only one time. Let's let's, let's, let's blame the USSF, okay, not, the not the men's time, team. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. you know, if they didn't get far, and I know in the past couple that I've been like, Belgium has done well, and so they've choked it, but they've done well. Yeah. You know, gotten pretty far. <laughs> like okay, but anyways, so I I like him too because he really he's calm, cool, and collected back there. So yeah, well, I mean now he's a he's a manager of Anderlocht, right? He's in he's back in Belgium coaching. Mm-hmm. So have you been paying attention to that no. at all, or is just like no, no? Not I'm not so deep in there. Like I don't really the ball knowledge out there. I no. I, I appreciate <laughs> some of the call outs though. It, it does mean a lot. Now Emmy. Um, on the women's side, my favorite player to watch is Rose Lavelle. Just okay. she's so crafty on the field and just runs at people. Mm-hmm. And when she loses it, she just goes to defend right away. And like I feel like I can relate to her in that aspect. Like mm-hmm. she's very connected defensively, but also like loves to run at people. Um, and on the men's side, obviously Wayne Rooney. Come on, um, come on, come on, come on. That's right. Take um, kids, Vincent Company, and throw them at you. <laughs> I named my hamster after Wayne Rooney growing up, so I was obsessed with him, watching him like evolve into like the player that he was. Yeah. I mean, I've told the story multiple times. Like Wayne Rooney is the reason why I fell in love with uh, with football because growing up, obviously you couldn't watch the Prem, right? It was really hard to watch any 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 soccer game here in general. So I grew up in an Albanian household, all foreigners, you know. Like they all like you know immigrants stuff like that, and we had like the the cable box, but like from like back home. So it was like an, an Albanian TV they had. So we would watch like all the soccer games there. And then it was Man City versus United. Wayne Rooney goes in for the cross and it's a bicycle kick and he scores against them. <laughs> bicycle, just to make that clear, okay? Dominated. I'm getting called out right now. Both of you. Bandwagon. I wasn't on the field. <laughs> I have to, I, this is the only time I, I, get to, I get to get one over on City right now because they've been dogging us this past five seasons. Um, but no, like... Those moments like that, I think, are what really makes the game it is because it's it's stuff like that that just makes people just fall in love, right? I mean, what was what was like that moment when you saw one thing and it was just like wow, 
Like, just please. <laughs> I really didn't have one. I've just been, like, playing it my entire life, and I think okay. just never... Yeah, I don't know that I had, a like, a... Like I, an epiphany, in a way. Yeah. No. No, just me and my... Am I just the weird guy in the room? That's fine. I, I'll, I'll take it. Growing... Well, I would say... Oh, sorry. You go. <laughs> <laughs> With playing girl sports when you're little, there are not a lot of options. So, mm-hmm. it's just, like, if you're a girl who's athletic and wants to play a sport, you're going to play soccer when you're four years old. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. Basically, you get into that, and then if you you like it and you're good at it, you kind of stick with it. But, like, I feel like as I was growing up and, like, seeing our national team and going to, like, the different, like, mm. ticker tape parades, like, in the city when they would win things, like, that made me love the soccer culture of our women's team even more and made me want to be a part of something special like that and play at the collegiate level. Um, so, yeah, I would say not maybe in the beginning. Like, I was just like, oh, like, I want to play a sport, so let me play soccer. But as I've grown with the sport, it's my love for it is just unconditional. Jesse stole my answer. <laughs> I was God, I went first. This isn't class, guys. You can't steal answers. From <laughs> I, I was gonna say, like, with the success of the women's national mm-hmm. team, like growing up, like there was like very limited options to like go watch like women's team play, women's teams play, and I feel like whenever they went to Red Bull Stadium, that was always an attraction for like all us little girls like wanting mm-hmm. to watch them, and I feel like that was the moment where I was just like, okay, like I want to take this like more seriously, and definitely playing on the collegiate level like was one of the goals. So, yeah, yeah, even growing up. There were, I know, like, for my club, different colleges, like, around and Sky Blue when it was a thing. Mm-hmm. You would, like, go and ball girl for their games and, like, get to meet at all Rutgers. the players at Rutgers. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, like, doing all that stuff when I was little was so cool. It was, like, I was starstruck all the time. I was like, oh, my <laughs> God. Like, I want to be you so bad. Now, for, yeah. those, for those for uh, those people that are uncultured, we'll say, about the women's game, who is one one woman's player you could recommend them to watch and be like, wow. And you can't say Julie Ertz because you all, all three of you talked about her. <laughs> Meg Rapinos came up, so no. Like someone you have not mentioned yet. I can start if you want. I will say Jackie Gronin for the Manchester United women's team. <laughs> I don't watch them. Oh, yeah, I know. Completely but, honest. Yeah, I know. I it's fine. But no, but I, I would say someone like that because I, I think it encompasses how great the women's game can be. Someone who is, yes, like, uh, obviously a, a woman, where at times there's always the arguments of the difference between the two games, how it's played, but yet who's as brute as the men, who can pick up the ball and ping a pass better than some of the men that play. I mean, let's be frank. I mean, a phenomenal on the ball. I'll say that right now. Um, and I, I think it just demonstrates, like, how how exciting and thrilling the women's game can be. Mm-hmm. If I could say one player right now to watch, it would be Sophia Smith. I, mm-hmm. yeah. I was gonna say that. Just, just for the just for the audience, just just like explain who she is because a lot of them might not know or where she plays and stuff like that. Mm. She used to play at Stanford, okay. so I loved watching her at Stanford. Like come back from her injury, like her freshman year, and then watching her success throughout her sophomore year as well, and watching her in that um, game against UCLA for the NCAA like Division One tournament, like just seeing how successful she was and just running at people just like amazed me and made me want to take people on more and go forward no matter if she was a forward and I'm a defender it didn't matter and just seeing her success on the women's national team alone I feel like she is like a really important like player to watch right now she also just won um the MVP of the tournament uh she plays for the Portland Thorns 
and uh, a lot of people were saying, well, she's the youngest person to win the MVP of the NWSL, and um, were saying that she doesn't deserve it, like, all this stuff, and uh, she scores in the game, and her response is basically, like, <laughs> you can't see on the audio, but, like, it was basically a clap back, like, I do deserve it, and this is why, kind of a thing. So I, I love that about her, too. Um, I was going to say her. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry, she's awesome. She is. I mean, and here's the thing. Any other thoughts you could put about her? That way you guys don't have to think of over a random person. I could come up with another person, too. Oh, Abby's, no, too. Abby's carrying you guys right now. Okay. Emily Fox on the women's national team too is one of my favorite players because like I'm a huge fan of like um, University of South Carolina women's soccer mm-hmm. and she played in that program there and as a wing back the way she attacks and gets forward she'll be in the box like when the other wing back is attacking and she could still make it back just her fitness level and her ability to go forward but also staying connected to go back in her worth ethic worth ethic on the defensive <laughs> end to just makes me look up to her even though she's like yeah. 22 and very young. I mean, clearly you're very excited about it. You messed up some words there. <laughs> it's the excitement. I love, I love hearing the excitement. Uh, Jesse, what we got? Hmm, my God. I got one. Crystal Dunn. She mm-hmm. basically just had a baby, like, very recently, mm-hmm. and she also was part of the Portland Thorns, who just won. And I just think her ability to bounce back and consistently be a strong player for the U.S., like, mm-hmm. throughout – I don't know how many years she's been on the so team. So many years. But yeah. a long time, like since I was younger. Um, she's consistently been like a force to be reckoned with back there. So I I just am amazed at her like ability to keep playing now at such a high level and be so successful after that, like recent yeah. having a child. <laughs> they bounce back so quick, Sydney LaRue, all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, I know like I, I have no say in this, right? I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not. Just to clarify, I'm not a woman. I No, not me. But... I think when you're when you're such a high level athlete, I think your recovery is sort of different because I I feel like they treat it the same way they would sort of treat it. In, well, I mean, it is an injury technically. Um, I don't want to go into more detail about. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm like a little little uh, word struggle. <laughs> no, but I, I think because you're such a high level athlete, you're able to I think recover. I wouldn't say faster, but I think recover in a way that. I think you have the ability to recover differently than the average person. Like, would you sort of agree with that? I don't know. Anyone? I have no idea. Yeah, I mean. I have no clue. They're just, like, freak humans. Mm -hmm. Like, like, they're just, I don't even know. I don't know. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I don't know about the physical aspect of, like, recovery, but I think mentally um, it's been pretty cool because to, like, literally just have a child and then, you know, people have pushed back against that too, being like, "Well, now you're mom, so why, why are you like focusing on a sport?" And it's yeah. like, "Oh, because that's my career, and like the ability to be a mom and also be on the women's national team is like something that's in not really heard of until recent years." And I think that's really, really cool. So yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know about the physical, but mentally, they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, just to sort of, I think, pivot to a topic because I think this is sort of a rumor that I don't think has been addressed by a lot of Montclair sports like athletes. So Montclair recently just acquired uh, Bloomfield College, as we all know. Um, Facilities are expanding. Admissions rate are going up. Uh, There's obviously, you know, uh, colleges around here that within the past decade or so have swapped from being a D3 to a D1 college. What do you guys think of Montclair State potentially trying to go from a D3 to a D1 campus? 
I think Montclair has been trying to do this for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard this. Uh, they're also exp- like we just have the women's gym, the champions circle. They're expanding mm-hmm. a lot of different facilities around Sprague to up our ante and allow us to be Division One. I. I think it'd be great for Montclair to go Division One. Um, I think it would bring in um, a lot more students, a lot more fans, a lot more people all around. But I do know um, that they have been trying, trying for a long time. For a yeah. long time, and nothing's really happened. Same with Rowan, has also been trying to go D one for a while. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I feel like we uh, we have better facilities and than they do. Uh, but I don't know. I know they've been trying for a while. I think it'd be really great. Um, I think the facilities that we have, we are spoiled with certain things. Oh, com- yeah. Compared to a lot of other D1 campuses. Like, I feel like we, our facilities, and not only that, our academics are a lot better. Well, yeah, I was about to say, like, look at the building we're in right now. Like, we're in the yeah. school communications building, and there's a newsroom below us. We're in one of the team rooms. The radio's right behind us. We have three or four different audio rooms. But, like, it's obviously there's been investment there, and there's obviously a plan for the long run. Yeah. to be like held up in that regard yeah not only did the facilities like drive me to go here but the academics and this new building that we're in right now like wanted me to go here because it is kind of like a d1 like program with like all the stuff that we have but i mean we are yeah. we are one of the bigger d3 colleges because yeah. we have seven thousand people that dorm and we have 21 plus thousand that commute obviously i'm one of them hello yes <laughs> Um, and I mean, what was, was like, just sort of like, like dovetail this and wrap it up. What, what was sort of your college journey? Like, was it everything sort of the way you planned it out to be, or was it different than when you expected? Cause for me, for example, I came here as a transfer student, graduated from County College of Morris, history, teaching education, supposed to be, I was supposed to be in a high school teaching kids now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God, just imagine that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> like, and, and obviously my journey has changed and I've gone a different direction. So would you say you're sort of going down the path you want or is there something that you might feel is lacking a bit? Um, I feel for me, you always think that you know what's going to happen, but everything kind of happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. When I was going to school, I came in here undecided, um, thinking I wanted to do public relations. I declared my major in public relations end of my freshman year, and then had that my uh, sophomore and first semester of my junior year. Then I changed to just communication and media studies. So I live in the School of Communication, um, and I love all the opportunity and all the cool classes that I get mm-hmm. to take. Um, and getting to like learn about like the media and everything like that. Um, but also I didn't realize like how much of an opportunity going here would give me in the professional world, like getting to meet all of these uh, professionals in sports media, people that work for WNBC, um, all of like our professors here are great professionals that my one professor has worked for NASCAR, Guinness World Records, uh, so just getting to learn from the experience that they have uh, has been amazing. And then with soccer, um, I had to get surgery last year, which was something that I didn't expect or think would happen. Um, and then me even be playing this season has just been insane. And so you never really know what's going to happen. But everything, for me, how I think about it, everything happens for a reason. It makes you stronger and better for the future. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I... 
definitely thought my college experience would look a lot different. I, I'm in grad school now. I did my undergrad here as well. I've um, been here for, for this is my fifth year. Um, but I, I have so many things to say. I love Montclair so much, and I am just beyond grateful of all the things that Jesse talked about, not only having, like, so many opportunities in so many different ways, but truly, like, if there's any students listening, my one piece of advice is just, like, apply yourself because there are so many amazing opportunities around you if you look for them and you apply yourself and you stay engaged and you work hard, like, the opportunities are truly endless at this school. Um... And in terms of soccer, I thought I didn't ever think I would be injured. I tore my ACL, and I was out for the COVID season and the f- and the regular season of the next season because they were back-to-back. Mm-hmm. So I was recovering from that. And going from, like, playing two years to not playing two years and having to, like, accept your role on the side being injured was just crazy. But I'm so grateful that I came back and was able to, like – get a scholarship to come back for academics and and be here for my fifth year of soccer because not only am I getting a great degree but I'm also like getting to play the best year of soccer that we've had and the most fun and with the best group of girls um that I've experienced in the past five years so stick with it (laughs) I would say injuries wise we're we're familiar with them here on the show all all the people we talk to even so we had the head AT for Rebels 2 on the show Mm -hmm. he uh stopped playing because blew out both of his knees in high school mm-hmm. uh, had prospects and stuff but went to Kane became athletic trainer um, now works for Rebels great guy and all um, shout out Arjun and I mean hearing all this does it scare you or does it excite you <laughs> because obviously you're only a sophomore like yeah, you're sort of like uh, guys here. can you guys please stop scaring me please no no um knock on wood I have not had like this a serious. This isn't real wood. I would be. Worried <laughs> about this I haven't had a serious injury, so I don't know what it's mm-hmm. like to go through, like what people have to go through, like mentally and physically with that. But one thing that like was on our locker last year was don't take any game that you have for granted. Mm-hmm. So like I just go like one game at a time and just focus on that. So it's awesome. I'm playing the sport I love, so I just focus on that because some people can't do that. Yeah, and then also the uh, academic side. What are we thinking here? Because I know you're involved with some cool clubs, you know, <clears throat> the radio station, um, and uh, you're doing some cool stuff with that. So, what is it sort of on that side and on that front? You sort of want to talk about um, academically, like the communication side has so many opportunities, and I'm like mm-hmm. trying the best to get involved with them. Like in season, it's like kind of hard, but I'm part of the Red Hawk Sports Network. I'm part of the Montclairian here, and I'm part of the radio station now. So when we're out of season, I feel like I'll get more opportunities mm-hmm. with that, where I get to write more articles or where I get to like film something or where I get to like have a chance maybe to go on air or something like that yeah, maybe like, be that's on, the goal maybe, maybe <laughs> on match week while it's on air not like while you have class till forever you know yeah so that's like the goal here but I'm just trying to go down that road and there's so many opportunities in the media industry so I'm trying to navigate where I want to go with that so right mm-hmm. now like I'm just kind of having fun with it so just sort of like end the show a bit there was one person who was supposed to be here maybe but had a midterm and someone who I think has been highlighted enough it is your goalkeeper Haley Martin with an insane save percentage, let's be real right now, to have over, what, 81%, only nine goals conceded? I mean, here's I'm, all the defenders are here, so you can say this if you want. Do you think you've sort of been carrying the pack line? Like, she doesn't really... <laughs> <laughs> no. No, yeah, no, no. don't let her hear that. No. <laughs> uh, because, what, she's had... I checked my notes at that, I memorized this, but I'm a schmuck. She has 
39 saves overall and then 20 saves in the conference. Yeah. So you guys are slacking. Why does she have 20? She's only have like five. <laughs> Come on. Well, I mean, Haley is an amazing goalie. She takes the sport of soccer so seriously. It's her favorite thing ever. It's mm-hmm. her love. It's her passion. Um, she'll put anything. She'll do anything to keep, keep that ball out of the net, as you saw, if you saw the clip from when we played her sinus. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she literally, hands and feet, got stuck in the net, and the ball would not cross the line. Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man. <laughs> um, but she's just a great teammate also. Like, she works so so hard. She We play for her. She plays for us. Like, we know if we have one slip up that she's there behind us to protect that net, and she knows that if she has – a slip over something, we're there for her. So Yeah, sort of like a ride or die type connection, yeah, I got you. Definitely ride or die. Um, but she's one of my best friends, so I'm so proud of her and for how um, amazing she's been doing this past season and really been a leader on the field. Like something you guys probably can't hear is the communication that she gives to us as defenders. She's always talking to us, letting us know if there's forwards coming in, people making runs, where to shift. Um so, yeah, she's a, a huge part of our success as a team, not only because of her ability, but because of her leadership and her communication with the rest of the team on the field. Not only is Haley, like, an amazing, like, goalkeeper, but her communication is so key to our back line because she is the number one person who could see everything on the field. So if somebody's running across or if we can't see something or if we're not connected with our back line, she helps us get connected like that. And I feel like that's a huge part to our success this year. And our back line, like, wanting to get clean sheets or wanting to back each other up. And our relationship with her and our back line has been super crucial. And she's been doing amazing this year. So I give her so much credit to that. Yeah, and on the topic of, like, communication, I know as someone on the field with her, um, obviously, like, communication in terms of where we need to be, who's running by us, seeing the whole field is super important. But also, she's, like, everyone's biggest cheerleader. She... If you make a good play, like, she's hyping you up from the goal. She's and screaming. she's so loud. And it's, like, so encouraging because you have your side, like, the sidelines going wild. But also, above all of that, you hear our goalie in the middle of the game, like, let's go. You know, like, <laughs> hyping you up for a play. And it's just, like, it, she's just such a great person, like, on, on and off the field. So I'm so happy that she decided to transfer here because she is a transfer after all. And yeah. she's made such a big impact on this, this uh, program. So... Well, ladies, I think it's an absolute pleasure having you. I hope it, we all, we started off a bit, you know, like you didn't know me as well, but I hope you had a fun time here. Um, we do appreciate having you on. I want to do more coverage. We're trying to get broadcast done for tomorrow for the game because obviously it'd be a game tomorrow, right? I mean, you guys are versing against Rutgers Camden, right? Mm-hmm. One three nil. What not? How many? Not even a week ago was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So it's like well, round two so quickly. Yeah. So yeah. What, what are your sort of your expectations? I mean, obviously dubs like nothing else but dubs i'm gonna put that pressure on you right now sorry not sorry (laughs) (laughs) but obviously like the expectation is the win but do you think that because it's in the conference now are you a little concerned that they might hit a new gear that didn't hit the last time or do you think you haven't figured out i think when it comes to and jack play in general especially when we get to this tournament time everyone's seasons are on the line you're playing you don't know if you're going to have another game. So everybody brings out all the stops. They leave everything on the field. So it's definitely going to be a tough game. And we're going to have to work and play our best game to to beat them. Like, we don't know if we're going to have another game after that. Like, our sole focus is Wednesday against Camden. And um, they're, they're a tough team. Like, they are gritty. They're tough. But we just have to 
come out like with the fire and yeah. and went. <laughs> they had home field advantage last time during the regular season, but now we have home field advantage, so I feel like we know how to play on our turf, um, and we're just gonna. Wait, I, I can't remember. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was the one loss here? Was it away? Away. 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 So, yeah. So you guys are undefeated at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wonder why. You know, <laughs> us fans on the sideline were cheering you on. Yeah. Mentality monsters. Tell me. <laughs> but I, like I said, it's been an absolute pleasure having each and every single one of you on. I appreciate you giving me your time. Obviously, the defenders want more recognition because the attackers are here. <laughs> right? I'm calling all of you out. None of you Defense were here. Wins championships. Oh, oh yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Only these three came. None of you else came. I have no respect for you. <laughs> I'm just joking. If you want, if you want to defend yourself, come back on. <laughs> Ladies, like I said, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on, and you're listening. Top of the hour on WMC Upper Montclair, and this is.